0: Welcome to the show Entrepreneurs in Conversation with moi Geraldine JP. I joyfully sit down every week with entrepreneurs, innovators and creators to pick their brilliant, fascinating minds. My mission is to help them share their stories of struggle and success. The rich details from openly conversing serves as sound advice for us to hear and hopefully learn from. Enjoy the lessons. Hey, I'm super happy to have um Firas today from Inocere, um a yoga studio, a very well-known stu- yoga studio in Montreal. And um, well, he has such an interesting, you know, path and story. He came from working as an aerospace engineer in San Diego, California, and then he fell in love with yoga. So let me introduce Firas, I'd like you to introduce yourself. How are you, Firas?
1: I'm good. How you doing, guys? Thank you for
2: having um, me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I'm very pleased that you could make the time out of your busy schedule, and I'd like you to introduce yourself to our listeners today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So welcome everyone. And uh, so my name is uh, Firas. I, um, as Geraldine had said, I'd. Um, I started uh, in in engineering, so I actually am from Montreal originally. So I studied mm-hmm. uh, I studied engineering at, at McGill University and spent about ten years in the aerospace industry, mm-hmm. and then switched to construction. Did another almost ten years and still doing that. And mm-hmm. um, and I learned, or at least I got introduced to yoga uh, in in San Diego in California. Mm-hmm. um through work i just had a friend who was a roommate and he took me to this you know bikram hot yoga class and, uh, mm-hmm. and i liked the feeling the intensity of it and that's how i got hooked and you know i came in back to montreal and continued practicing and then had a almost of a 10 year 10 year dream to open a studio which is now a reality we've uh we've opened uh, the 27th of december 2019 so young young studio
0: that's so amazing. I yeah. mean, you went from your passion or something that has become your day-to-day passion to a business. How did you transition from the passion to the business?
1: Yeah, it was um, it, it was a long process for me. So <laughs> uh, maybe I can start with um, how I got, um, you know, how I thought about teaching yoga rather than practicing. Because I think for many of us, people start by getting exposed to either a teacher or a yoga studio and they, they like the the way the practice feels. They like the benefit that they extract from it. So Mm -hmm. I was no different. That was the same, the same process, you know, started in 2007.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: when I came back to Montreal, um, I continued looking for studios like hot yoga studios and, you know, continued the practice. And, um, at that time I had gone through another transition. This is when I had joined or switched careers, you know, completely. I went from aerospace to, um, to construction.
2: Mm-hmm. And these
1: are vastly different worlds, like yes. vastly different. You know, one is more like science and you're dealing with scientists. I like work for Boeing and, and, you know, you get into the construction and it's just madness. And <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a very challenging experience. So, mm-hmm. uh, I almost, uh, and I almost had a nervous breakdown. You know, it was so, wow. uh, it was so much pressure and, uh, I started questioning, I'm like, is this really what I want to do? You know, this mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. It doesn't, uh, uh, it, it's not good. It's, it's, uh, you know, large projects, very high pace. So a lot of stress. And, um, I had kind of played around with the idea of, of doing a yoga teacher training to kind of learn, learn and, and get more, you know, get in depth with yoga. Mm -hmm. I've asked a few places and, you know, it was, it was all right. Some people said, you know, you you need to practice even more before we admit you. And others, I just didn't feel that it was the right fit. Mm -hmm. So I kind of abandoned the idea. And one day I had a really difficult, uh, time at work, like so bad that I literally couldn't stare at the monitor. Like, and I'm not, so I'm not the type of person that goes through these things. So that was the first time in my life. Like I can just grind through anything like i'll do, you know i'll just put my head down and do like 80 90 hour work and no problem you just get it done but this time i just couldn't like i freaked out so i just closed the computer went home crashed and woke up had no energy to do hot yoga so i literally used google to say yoga class 7 p.m went to this unassuming studio at the time it was called yoga bliss and it was my teacher dr madame ba, who later became my teacher it was this 89 year old man that was in a small room and i was actually so exhausted that he just walked in and something felt different and i knew right right then and there that i was gonna uh, learn from him and so i did his teacher training mm-hmm. and spent almost a couple of years with him i mean they, the the training's i think eight months or so but mm-hmm. after that you don't want to let go it's like it's like this grandfather figure you know that's <laughs> uh, that that's uh, really rare you know so uh so that's it. I, you know, I stayed there, and then I asked him if it was okay to teach certain classes, you know, uh, while mm-hmm. I was working. And I liked it. You know, I started thinking, oh, this is good. This feels good. You know, it's 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 the right environment. It's uh, it's uh, it's healthy, and it's um, it's in line with how you know with how I feel. And then I said, okay, let me let me try to you know come up with or or, or open a studio, and that you know I tried a few times, and that didn't work out. You know, so I had mm-hmm. a multiple times before this yeah month,
0: we'll talk about we'll definitely talk about that um yeah. what are the steps of the different milestones that you had to you know um you had to reach in order to become um a yoga teacher
1: yeah the first and so typically what you know the path is if that you, you start practicing right as a as a as a practitioner,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, you know after a while you get comfortable a little bit more comfortable in the poses, and then you look for a school you look for a yoga teacher training program. And there are many. I mean, that now it's kind of exploded, where there are teacher trainings that you can kind of combine them with the vacation. You could, mm-hmm. uh, you could, you know, you, you have something that's very long. You, you could do uh, the different types of yoga, you know, uh, the different branches. For mm-hmm. me specifically, I've noticed that there's a lot of emphasis on the physical posture in a lot of yoga teacher trainings, and that's important and and uh, relevant. But I felt that that you can get in a lot of places and it's very very hard to guy to find almost like a spiritual guide somebody that's really mm-hmm. been there done so many things experiences and then you could and had life experiences you know that, mm-hmm. that that and i i felt that with dr bali that that was my main kind of decision criteria for saying i'm going to do this you know mm-hmm. it was this feeling it felt right it felt like this was the right the right training for me and oddly enough dr bali doesn't in his training it's not Entirely, or or it's not, say uh, towards uh, you know like uh, just movement. Mm-hmm. It really has a lot into philosophy into understanding yourself, and and I think that's what really the the benefit of yoga, like the the physical posture, is the icing on the cake, and just the icing is incredible. Like that, mm-hmm. it's so good, it brings benefit to so many people. So I'm not trying to reduce it, but it's almost like an iceberg, and that's that's just the tip, and the depth of it is just infinite.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I took the liberty to dive a little bit on your website, and I was hooked on some words, especially in your bio. Um, and what I love about this section in particular, you show so much vulner- vulnerability. You talk about multiple failures, courage, fate, and perseverance. I mean, all these words are personally music to my ears and fully describe the everyday entrepreneur's journey. Can you tell us more about it? Like your different, you know, failures and how it did happen and how you persevere um, and get the courage to go to the next step?
1: Yeah. Um, it, I think I would have to start by, um, by just kind of reflecting on how long the process took, I think oftentimes mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we live in a world where we want the results to be so quick yep. that if, you know, that if I had to share with the audience here and say, Hey man, it's okay. If it takes a long time, it like, I did the, I think the training in 2011.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I said, okay, let me, you know, I met somebody, let's just open a yoga studio, Dr. Bali, and then, um, you know, started the process and it didn't work. And I can, you know, I can go into a lot of details as to why it doesn't work, but there's a general theme. And the theme is this, when you want to open a business, especially a physical business, um, and there are costs involved. There are, there are initial investments that you have to yes. kind of dig in. And so it's all nice and dandy that you could have a beautiful idea, but if you don't have the funds, yep. well, it's hard to bring that into, into being. And uh, what made my journey worse is I'm, I'm very financially insecure as a, mm-hmm. as a human being. I mean, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I came from, I was born in Baghdad, Iraq. <coughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Excuse me. So I come from a background that's extremely, uh, you know, unstable, though. It's a war torn country. So I've mm-hmm. seen my father lose everything in a heartbeat mm-hmm. when, the, uh, Iraq, uh, when Iraq invaded Kuwait and he was, we were living in Kuwait at the time. So the fact that he'd lost everything in a heartbeat was almost like a, a marker for me. And it, okay. it really drove every single, almost every single decision in my life. So I was so afraid of running out of money or like failing
2: mm-hmm. that every
1: time I, I looked at, at some of these financial models for a yoga studio, and it, it just didn't work. Like basically, the financial model says this is, you know, you charge people whatever an average of $10 a class, and uh, you've got this many people coming in. The The math is very difficult to make work and since mm-hmm. I'm, i work in engineering it was easy for me it's like a joke to come up open a, an excel sheet and build a financial model and for something so simple like you know when you, if you're building a product
2: mm-hmm. and the
1: product is infinitely scalable mm-hmm. you don't have the same problem I mean, you can just you you can build something you could sell 10 million units and you're yep. you know you're successful now when it comes to yoga physically so we're not talking about you know this was 10 years ago this wasn't you know broadcast and, and virtual studio this is physically somebody attending your studio we well, you yeah. have an upper bound it's size of your class times how ma- what's your peak hours and mm-hmm. and eventually it's like how many you know classes can you fit a day it's mm-hmm. there is an upper ceiling
2: yeah
1: and um so every time i tried that it, it basically it, it failed i even i even tried to do it in the u.s so i kind of uh I've, i decided that uh <laughs> it's too cold in montreal you know and, uh, the winter and the roads and the taxes are high. And so I said, you know what? That's it. I'm going to ship my stuff. I'm going to say goodbye to, to my friends and I'm going to go to San Diego and open, open a studio there. So I actually <laughs> did that. I shipped my stuff and I, I, my, you know, got rid of my apartment, and everything and I left.
0: Wow. And
1: yeah. Yeah. And I tried and I had, you know, some, some potential partners to, to, to work the situation and it didn't work. Uh, for the same reason, primarily, it was very, very expensive. I mean, San Diego is like the mecca of yoga studios. There are tons and tons of yoga studios, so to to make it out there is very, very competitive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, after a while, I realized that that's, you know, that that wasn't going to happen. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And it was, you know, the the Canadian exchange rate was not favorable. So if you saved money in Canadian dollars, well, you go to the U.S., you get dinged rather than the other way around. And, um, after a while, I'd realized that this was another failure, and I'm not going to be able to do it and I missed my family and I felt so lonely, even though San Diego is just absolutely beautiful, so this is almost going back ten years later, like in twenty twenty seventeen or so
2: mm-hmm. and on
1: the way back on the plane ride, it was a five hour plane ride from San Diego to Montreal, I had decided to uh i'd come up with the name you know sarayoga just like flashed in my in my head and um I got home, I went to my parents and because uh, I had no place to stay and I literally decided to lock myself up in a basement and mm-hmm. not leave until I find a space in Montreal.
2: Mm-hmm. And my
1: rule of thumb was this, if in, on the entire island of Montreal, including like Laval, Longueuil, like the, the greater Montreal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of all of the different properties, if I can't find a single place that meets my criteria then there's something wrong with me. That Mm -hmm. means my, 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 whatever I want, given like the amount of money I want to spend or I want to invest just doesn't match up. And so it isn't the city. It's me. I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. And I spent three weeks. I literally looked at every single property one by one in a three week period and put it in Excel. Wow. (laughs) Like seriously, that's what I did. And so, and, and for a reason, because I figured when you enter into any space like any, any new venture, especially for entrepreneurs, the first thing you notice is you don't know anything. Like you mm-hmm. literally don't know a lot. So there's all this kind of absorption that has to happen. So for me, it's like, how how do I know there's a good deal? Well, I mm-hmm. have to know what a bad deal is, and I have to know what a good deal is, and I have to know dollar per square foot and what's included and what's not. And the taxes and the old port are expensive, but in the plateau, it's not the same. And so you start by by looking at every property, you start to get a feel for, you know, then you yes. call the bank and then they tell you. And all of a sudden I call that getting trigger ready. And mm-hmm. really it's that. It's like you get all that information and maybe some opportunities pass you by, but now you're so ready. You know, your price point, you know, how much mm-hmm. you want to pay per square footage. When that property comes in, that's, that's the right uh, fit for you. You act. And that's exactly what happened. I had like this little reminder of when a property gets listed.
0: Mm-hmm. Property
1: got listed literally two hours later. I called. A day later, I visited, and two hours later, I you know placed an offer with some angel investors that helped me structure this deal that I'd already lined up, and then it was done.
2: Wow! So it
1: took it took all these years where there was there was like so much failure in trying to make it work,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and then I had to get to this point. But I reflect, I look back, and I go, "What's fundamentally different is that in these all these other trials, I wasn't fully committed. I was Mm -hmm. finding partners that I was hoping would." Do more of the heavy lifting and mm-hmm. I would kind of contribute. And I thought all of us in this world, and this is maybe not just entrepreneurs, we all have a, maybe a lesson to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to learn the lesson, it just some patterns keep repeating with a yeah. single intention to try to teach you that which you don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think the lesson that I wasn't accepting is that I had to go wholeheartedly, both feet in, all out. And and that only happened when I came back to Montreal and said, I have no partners in the beginning. You know, the the angel and the setup that I had, they're like kind of silent. So I'm in front. I'm I'm basically taking care of it. They're passive. They Mm -hmm. just help me, you know, financially make it work. But beyond that, it's, it's, I've taken all the risks and jumped and, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: decided to do that. And I think that's the minute I made that mental decision, things started to change.
0: Yeah, it's so it's all matter of mindset. Like people yeah. sometimes try not to take that into consideration, but I would say it's fifty percent mindset. If you want to be, if you put your mind to it, it usually works. Yeah. And then what happened? So you found actually your dream studio, and then what were your next step after yeah, that?
1: So immediately, I found out it wasn't ready because there were people occupying it. So yeah. there was leases existing, and I'm like okay i'll wait till they expire it was a year so i said no problem let's do it you know we'll wait meanwhile i said okay i need a job to to pay for the upcoming yeah you know crazy expenses that are coming my way and mm-hmm. beyond beyond what was already ready you know so i got a job and um and i started you know uh working a full-time job while i you know at night dream about the studio and the setup and do the research and again Learn about everything there is to learn. So with, with my engineering background, I've, I've, I've always noticed that it's, you know, uh, a, a hot yoga studio. By the way, I wanted uh, what we opened is a hot yoga studio. Mm-hmm. And that's really challenging from an engineering technical perspective
2: mm-hmm. because
1: you're, especially in our, in our country, in the northern climates. So you could imagine that in the winter when it's minus 25 outside, we're trying to run a room at 35, 36, 37 degrees. Yeah with forty percent humidity. So not only is it a challenge in terms of heat insulation, it's mm-hmm. a challenge in terms of controlling for condensation.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a
1: challenge to try to prevent mold control. So I yes. wanted I wanted to get all of that done. So that's the other thing. Like I just wanted it to be near perfect. You know, or, or or if not say perfect, but at least I'll endeavor to make it as perfect as possible. And so that that means for a year I was just studying everything that's on the market.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: seeing if that's even within the realms of of integration into a studio you know because at the end of the day you don't want to turn it into a space project where <laughs> it'll, it'll never take off the ground yeah but but that's that it did it did pay off like i you know i did research on uv lamps you know to disinfect mm-hmm. the air and to kill mold spores and viruses and you know found the right the right piece of hardware and and, and installed that I added Mm -hmm. CO2 sensors to the air exchangers in the hot, in the, in the yoga room so that whenever the CO2 levels get high, Mm -hmm. basically there are dampers that bring in fresh air into the room. So this, the air quality is maintained really, you know, really high. And I couldn't design an HVAC system by myself. So I relied on some friends that I had in Texas that, you know, Mm -hmm. that are HVAC specialists. And I'm like, Hey man, you're going to have to help me out because I got no money to pay you. But (laughs) you know, I offer champagne bottles and in, uh, in returns, so they helped me. They help me size some things because you know it's uh, you, you need to get it right. Like you can't have the wrong system because yeah. a you may not get the required heat, you know, the temperature, or b you'll get there but it'll take forever, and that's another problem, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so these were you know some of the the challenges that I that I did in, in terms of design phase for a year,
2: mm-hmm. and then when
1: the people left. While well, we started the the design the build, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, I got some quotes from some contractors, and I literally fell off my chair. Like it was, it was just so expensive that I'm like, okay, this isn't yeah. gonna work now. Like this project is compromised, and I realized that I had to find someone where his fees are somewhat lower, but I'm involved heavily. Okay. And I'm talking like the project manager, like I order everything, and like I take care of a lot, a lot of things. I'm heavily involved. And that was a challenge in itself because I had a full time job while I was doing mm-hmm.
0: that. But yeah. how did you manage actually both at the same time? Because like you said, you were busy with a full time job, if I may say, like some kind of money to invest actually in your in your business in the studio. Yeah. And then yeah. being full time working on the studio to build it from scratch. How did you manage?
1: I uh I had the working weekends, working long hours, number one. And number two, instead of finishing in six to eight months, which was the anticipated duration of the project, it took me a year and a half. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I we, we ran into every kind of trouble you could imagine. Like the roof st- started leaking in the middle of winter and we had to stop wow. everything. We had to replace the roof. Like really the journey was like full of punches, you know, like it was <laughs> just not a, it was not smooth sailing. And, um, and i think looking back it's characteristic of anything that you want to do that's uh, somewhat outside your comfort zone and uh, and has a vision to it you know so um at the end of the day i just uh, now now i kind of look back and it feels better but at the time when you're in it especially when you have a project and and i could imagine entrepreneurs feel that as well that have that must that the, the end result kind of comes much later versus something where um uh, for instance you 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 deal with somebody and then you get an immediate reward so so for instance you know i can take your example you do you do a podcast and there could be this nice exchange so you kind of rewarded for it immediately after the podcast right or or during but imagine mm-hmm. if you had to spend 2 years doing the back end and the background in order to get to that first day where
0: mm-hmm. you have your
1: first podcast well those 2 years you got to find something else to motivate you
0: yeah yeah.
2: and
1: so for me it was it was hard because I felt like it was never gonna finish. Mm-hmm. At some point I was like like mentally exhausted. I'm like, okay, my job is demanding, this thing is and it just doesn't want to finish. Like mm-hmm. the one thing and then this thing comes up. And then, and of course I'm not knowledgeable. Like, this isn't like my fourth studio or something. It's like the first one. Mm-hmm. So you almost had to find this inner like um motivation and you had to reframe a lot of uh
0: mm-hmm. um
1: a lot of thoughts in order to get to pull through these uh, these difficult times you know
0: what helped you the most actually to persevere and actually have that sense of resilience over all the challenges and bumps that you actually yeah. encounter along the way yeah
1: i think one thing that really really helped me it was like a tool that i um, kind of f- fell on it because it, in the beginning what what used to happen is I do something in the, in the design process or, you know, a selection of something and something doesn't work or a contractor doesn't show up or you just have an issue. And I could name a million of them when you're doing a build Mm -hmm. and I would take it to heart and I'd get all like pissed off and I would get down. And, and after a while I felt like this mentality, you can't, like you can't run a marathon with that mentality. Like I'll collapse because I take it to heart and I'm all pissed off and, so then I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Do I abandon? Like halfway through, do I just give up? Mm-hmm. And that, that just did not feel right. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So I got to mm-hmm. figure out another way to deal with these, these kind of transactional disappointments where you know, things don't go your way. And the best method that I found was to ask myself a very simple but direct question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The question was this, does this problem that I'm dealing with right now, does it compromise the goal? Mm-hmm. And of course, I had to write what my goal is, and my goal was open a yoga studio that's resilient that's that's gonna stay for the next thirty years. So this mm-hmm. isn't open and then close after two years because you like, did the math wrong? This was like, no, no, you open and you you you're gonna remain open, you know, unless of course something physically happens to you. And so the question was, this problem I'm dealing with right now, does it compromise the end goal?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if the answer is no. Then I shouldn't get way worked over it, and mm-hmm. typically it falls into a couple of categories. It's either time I'm going to get delayed. It's either money. Oops, I have to pay more for this thing that I'd budgeted X. Now I have to. It's almost always these two things or three. Okay, well, you know this thing is not exactly the the size that I want it to be, but we're going to have to like work around it. And obviously, there was always these three. Answers. So every time I had like the example, the the roof leaking. So you gotta imagine this, right? Like you're exhausted. It's like almost a year in. It's winter, and be, on the first floor, we're on a second floor, our yoga studio. On the first floor, we have restaurants, cafes, and like you know tenants, and they call me up and say, "Man, there is water everywhere," and like I gotta leave my work, jump in a car, drive. I come in, and I see not deep good. You know, we're not talking about like a little bit of. We're talking like water, like mm-hmm. God, something happened in the roof. I'm about to cry, you know. I'm like, what the hell do you do? And so by the time you, you know, you 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 kind of invent some channels and some water just to contain it, just to kind of get a breather. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you're like, what am I doing? And then when in that moment, it feels like that thing was just the one more thing that's going to break your back because mm-hmm. it's, it's been obviously an accumulation of all mm-hmm. the stressors. And I think that's when I started thinking in those terms. I would say, okay, this now is horrendous okay so now i bring someone in and they say oh there's too much ice on the roof can't fix it you gotta wait till the spring mm-hmm. so now the entire project is delayed more costs and all i had there and i sat down i said okay well you know we're more late late okay fine we're late going can cost more money all right i'm just gonna have to continue working longer mm-hmm. and so does it compromise the objective are we are we not opening the answer is no is it going to cost more money yes Can I absorb it without folding, like basically without compromising the objective? The answer is yes, I can. And so I continued. And Mm -hmm. I started using like, once you realize that that really helps, helps your mind overcome these difficulties. I started using that tool faster and faster whenever even had smaller things, you know, something didn't work. We had an agreement about something with a contractor and it's always either cost or it didn't show up. I'll ask the same questions. Are we compromised? No. Okay. Find a solution. Maybe it's a half-ass solution. Maybe it's eighty percent or fifty percent, but it's a solution. Let's keep going. You know.
0: Wow. That's. Yeah. I mean, that kind of resilience. It takes like so much strength as well in order to move through every bumps and every you know um, failures and challenges that you encounter. Um, that's pretty amazing. Um, and specifically that it brought you to the success that you have today. Um, now, through all that, we're also facing right now another challenge, uh, that everybody knows about because there's nowhere to, you know, go around. This is coronavirus time. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's challenging for every single people on that earth. How do you navigate in that, you know, in this time? With a yoga studio, and you know, people that you want to greet, and people you want to teach, and people, and your community you want to be surrounded with.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we didn't see obviously nobody saw that coming, but I'm like, uh, you know, you're you know, you do yoga, and Doctor Bal used to say, you know, nothing, nothing, there are no, there are no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. And I was there, and we opened December twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. I was so mm-hmm. adamant that I wanted to open in the year 2019, <laughs> that nothing was ready. And I just <laughs> said, the hell with it. We're opening one class. So we could say we're open in 2019. And then I think 12 or 15th of March, we were, you know, COVID hit and they clo- we closed. Like not even, tw- you know, barely two and a half months. Wow. And um, so, and then we had to open, we, we resumed or opened our doors uh, June 27th, 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I got to be honest with you, like when that happened, I'm like, God, really? Like really one, like how many more punches, you know, like I said, resilient and I said like, okay, we can do this, but mm-hmm. now like, you know, it really, like it could not have come at an absolutely worse timing than this. It mm-hmm. just could not, like it's the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we closed, I was worried like everybody else, there's, uh, there's the, the, the emotional, uh, not just the, the. the Know the disease itself. Thinking you might catch it, or I have my older parents, and you know you worry about them, and they're in Montreal. And so, uh, like everybody else, we kind of we went through this. But the the thought that I had was, this is like drawing back from you know from the memories that I had when my father lost everything. Like I I made sure that I set this place up in a way where I can support it, even if it means. I have to have another full-time job
2: mm-hmm. to support
1: the studio. Mm-hmm. So this idea of us closing never crossed my mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All I said is, look, I go, You know, I, I work in construction. If it means I have to find a job that generates enough to support the studio in, I'll just, I'll pick a job in Alaska. Like I'll go in the middle of nowhere at a construction site and I'll work to support that studio. Mm-hmm. So that helped a little bit because, you know, I said, rain or shine, this thing is going to finish at some point. So the question became, again, the same tool, like very kind of down to earth, ask a question, say, can I survive a year and a half? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is, it's going to be hard on me personally, that just means that I have to do longer hours, more jobs in my other work. So be it. I said, Mm -hmm. so what I've done it before. Just do Mm -hmm. it again. Because at the end of the day, I'm always said this is going to be a 30 year plan. So what if we have a two two difficult years? And
2: mm-hmm. we
1: opened, and we're obviously running at 50 percent capacity, which which um, doesn't work financially. Like we're cash flow negative. But I said, you know what? That's okay. People started supporting us. They started coming back, and it's really,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. You
1: know, I had to admit, like we had this one um, one client that came in and said, "Hey, can you, you know, uh, your prices may be too low, and we'd I'd be willing to like pay more just to you know you shouldn't close and like this kind of support that's uh it's like really nice to to see that uh, our practitioners see that we're trying to give them the best environment that we can
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: i'm kind of going that long-term route that says eventually if i have to win them one at a time so be it it'll just take us longer but we'll win them one at a time
2: you know Mm
0: -hmm. that's so amazing and i'm so um amazed and impressed well all the courage that it takes actually to do that in order, because it's not only keeping um, the yoga studio open, it's also open to support a community. And that's also important. And the community actually gives back. And that's really beautiful to see that. Yeah, no, for in- sure.
1: I mean, especially like I, I keep telling even our, our clients, like our practitioners, I go, I it's a pleasure for me to like hold a space and we kind of train together. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really cool environment and it's very supportive and i'm like what a what a nice way to hopefully do that for many many years to come you know
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. there is one more thing that i really would like to unpack um it's there's a quote that i found um um around the web about inocere which says moving the direction of your gifts i would like you to tell me more about that
1: yeah um when I was flying back from uh, San Diego to Montreal and I was thinking, you know thinking about the name and, and thinking about like kind of a model, you know, um, I, I thought, what's a, you know, maybe a reflection of what I had difficulties with, which was, you know I had a, a career in, in engineering, which was uh, good, it was going well. And there was this, you know, big, big fear to sort of switch and go into another direction which mm-hmm. uh, which is scary for a lot, you know, for a lot of people, for me it was equally scary. And especially that what you're giving up is something that's uh, you know, lucrative. It's a good job. It's a good career. Like it's not, you know, uh, you, there's a, a lot to lose
2: mm-hmm. and
1: to go to something that uh, I, as I had mentioned earlier, is kind of a financially more limiting as a, as a, as a, as a, cho- a choice or a career choice, but so much more rewarding, you know, kind mm-hmm. of feeds your soul you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe maybe it doesn't feed the bank account but definitely feeds your soul so that transition was was very difficult and it, it it takes a lot of you know inner work to get to that point of of no return you get to a point where not doing that is so much worse
2: mm-hmm. than
1: the risk of failure mm-hmm. and i think that that's why you know sometimes people kind of want to avoid either conflict or want to avoid suffering and i could you know, I have a slightly different view on that. I'd say, in fact, move into your suffering because if if your suffering increases so much, and I don't mean that you kind of hurt yourself in, in, in doing so, but the fact that you're not doing what you love creates so much internal conflict.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that result of which is like this kind of tremendous suffering that it actually moves you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if if you want to do something, but you're comfortable, well, there's a high likelihood that that comfort just causes stagnation you're, you know, you're you're comfortable so you kind of you know think about it and say maybe i'd like to do this maybe not and but when you're suffering
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: just you can't take it anymore you act and mm-hmm. and so you take you take those those uh, decisions and so for me i thought you know why don't, what what would be a model or what would be a something that we could aspire to the studio that that when somebody hopefully hears is wide enough that it can encompass what they need to do rather than it's like a projection of, let's say me saying, well, just get only get strong physically or be mm-hmm. able to do a band or, you know, uh, be able to meditate or something along these lines. And I thought that to actually move in the direction of your gifts is so wide open, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know what your gifts are. In fact, you may not even know what your gifts are. And so you, part of your journey is to actually discover that. Mm-hmm. And I, truly believe that the practice of yoga because it harmonizes the body the mind the soul the meditative aspect the movement it actually concentrates in your energy
2: mm-hmm. so it helps
1: you move in the direction that you want to go into mm-hmm. and i'm like let let that be the the anchoring point so instead of just sitting down and saying well i've decided to do this i mean your decision may not have a lot of power if you're mentally distracted Mm-hmm. but if you're somebody who's began harnessing their energy and, and and it become less dissipated then when you make a decision you know like watch out you've, you've got a lot of power and mm-hmm. I think that's what yoga does it basically gets you to you you start introspecting you start moving you start saying well that's not what I want that's what I want that's and when you notice that there's a reoccurring theme of something literally driving you in one direction mm-hmm. and then you listen and and I'm hoping that Along the lines, uh, or, or you know, in everybody's journey, that if we could be this, this place that kind of helps give them that little extra nudge or that push or that foundation, then it would be a, a worthy endeavor.
0: Wow, I really like those words. I have yeah. one more question for you. If you could talk to your um younger self, what are the three words that you will tell your younger self?
1: Ooh.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's hard because now you know, and you know you know the funny that's a tricky that's a trick question because you you almost think like if you give an advice that you know you're the we, i'm where I am because of the things that I've done then, so like if I give an advice that says chill out you know don't work so hard would I, would that have changed all of the outcomes and now I wouldn't even be here in this situation to say that, but I think really if i if I had to give one advice is to, to, to tell my younger self, be patient. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing is that, which, was, which is a form of fear. I was impatient because I was afraid.
2: Mm-hmm. So if you
1: told me it's going to take you eight years, like you, you, you say, I want to become a writer. Mm-hmm. And you know my next question is, hey, would you give it 15 years? And like, most people would freak out. Like 15 years before you, before you even do anything great of greatness. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. So most people say, no, no, it's, I'll give it one year or two years. And if that doesn't, and then oh, there's all these stressors that, that yeah. embark. And then, you, you know, for me, that's, I think that was very difficult. I was so afraid of so things had to happen so fast that
2: mm-hmm.
1: if I went now and look back and I go, well, if you have a talent or you have a gift or you don't even know how to monetize it, you don't know how it should take full expression. You don't know how it's okay. Just slightly hold it in your mind, move in that direction slowly. Mm -hmm. And you don't know and i also think that you don't have to necessarily like one of the other lessons i learned is maybe that what you want to do or bring to this world let's say it's not monetizable because that's a possibility Mm -hmm. like you can't just live off that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but that doesn't mean that it's not valuable it doesn't mean that we don't need it it doesn't mean that it isn't necessary it can mean all of those things so What patience does is it says, you know what, maybe meanwhile, you develop an expertise into some other area of work. And that could help bridge the gap so that you're still doing what you love. But then you've got this other thing that, you know, puts food on the table. And you know what? It's fine because, you know, we all, obviously, the ideal situation is for you to do everything you love and you get paid for it and you get paid handsomely. And yeah, that's, that's great. That's like the, everybody's dream, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's not that, that's okay as well so those years are not wasted you're basically developing expertise and 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 that that are valuable like that the way i look at the definition of resilience is i go if i had you know finished high school, university and let's say went into the yoga world and and you know suppose i i was at that age and i just did that and we got hit with covid and and everything was so tight you'd be wiped out
2: mm-hmm. completely
1: wiped out it just would not be possible because yeah. you would need so much funding to to overcome that that um, storm. And you wouldn't have another option. It's not like you could go and, and go get another job because you've invested all in there. So I look back and I go, well, the fact that it took me longer is I can continue in this other path. Hopefully, if I can get a, a you know, maintain a job or, or find another one, which I think is possible to mm-hmm. support this other journey. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, you don't want to discount that. Like don't mm-hmm. discount the power of learning something parallel. Because mm-hmm. that, that gives you flexibility and it makes you resilient.
0: I love those words. I yeah. mean, it's really music to my ears because um, I totally wow. understand the feelings, you know, the ups and downs and everything. I mean, like, like we usually say, you do what you have to do because yeah. that's the end result that matters and not the in-between that lead you actually to your goal. What yeah. matters that you reach your goal
1: yeah it's like you you know in San Diego there's a lot of military personnel there, you know like ex marines and things like that, and I had a good mm-hmm. friend of mine and they use this beautiful term they're like make mission mm-hmm. so like I don't care how you get there you know they're they're kind of trained to say, well, you got a mission, you gotta mm-hmm. make mission, so the path okay left, right, maybe zigzag you go back it's not ideal as long as you make mission if you if you have that mindset, then mm-hmm. you break down these whatever it is that you're trying to do into these mini like mini missions and you just keep you know, hitting them, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you for being with me today on Entrepreneurs in Conversation with Geraldine. Thank you. Thank you for coming today and sharing your beautiful stories and your path. Um, where can people find about InnoSair?
1: Yeah. So uh, we have a website, uh, dot com. We also have the Yoga on Instagram. Uh, we're located on, uh, the, uh, uh Rue Péternière there, Prince Arthur Street. It's a walking street and, and mm-hmm. Debulion. And, uh, we would love to have, you know, people check us out, come drop us a visit. Hopefully we'll, we'll maybe do some virtual life classes or, or broadcast some classes in the future. But, uh, thank you, Geraldine, for, for, uh, for having me. And it was, uh, it was a pleasure having this, this conversation. Really, uh, it was really a lot of fun, you know.
0: this is the end of the show. Share the show with your community. Make sure to listen to the next episode on Spotify, iTunes, Stitchers, and Anchor, and more. Follow us on Instagram at ecg.podcast and me, Geraldine JP. Follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. See you next time.